Creativity alone just won't cut it. The C Word is a podcast about when creative meets business. You're in a place for designers who want a creative business in which they're valued. Great client relationships, work to be proud of, and the moolah to show for it. All with your sanity and creative mojo intact. Join me, Beck Hughes, your creative business cheer squad, for weekly chats to inspire and spur you into action. Let's challenge the BS, the shoulds, the fads and the FOMO and find what works for you. Humans are intrinsically self-absorbed, don't you think? We all have an ego. (laughs) Now, what I mean by that, before you feel wounded and misunderstood, is that our concept of self, who we are, how we think others see us, our sense of place in this world is fundamental to our human condition. It's important to how we do life, relationships, business, decision-making, really everything that we do. So once our basic needs like food, shelter, procreation, survival are met, we are then driven by self-concept, which in essence, is our ego. And I want to just dwell on the word ego for a sec. Ego has become a bit of a negative term. Having one apparently is a bad thing. However, having one is unavoidable and the shape that ego takes is essential to how we get along in life and business. So I looked it up. Ego is defined as a person's sense of self-esteem or self-importance. It's about how you see yourself, how much you value yourself. It's not defined as the massive self-obsessed chip on your shoulder, which is often how it's depicted though, isn't it? So for me, ego, or what I'll call self-concept for the rest of this podcast, has two main components. How we see ourselves and how we want to be seen by others. And they are two quite different things a lot of the time. In today's podcast, I want to talk about self-concept or more specifically how you see yourselves and how that can be an influential and controllable factor for you in your business and of course your life because the two are connected, life and business. There's no denying that. I'll go a little bit deeper into what self-concept actually is and how it's broken down And also how it informs several aspects of my business and my life. And I'll share a few stories and examples of that. Okay, ego, self-concept. For the purposes of this podcast, I did do some further digging into the notion of self-concept. Just to build on my own fairly rudimentary view, because I thought I should be aware of what the experts say. And I was really interested to learn that psychologists see self-concept as being made up of three key parts. Self-image, self-esteem and ideal self. And those three components resonated with me and my two-part view of how we see ourselves and how we want to be seen as being the core of self-concept. So self-image, the first component, is how we see ourselves at this moment in time, meaning it can change. It's not a fixed state of being. Self-esteem is how much we like, accept and value ourselves, which is influenced by how we think others see us too. 
And then ideal self, the third component, is who we envision ourselves to be if we were exactly as we wanted, the ideal version of yourself. And these are such core concepts when it comes to how we operate, how we function, what choices we make. I've used these different aspects of self-concept, consciously or unconsciously, in three ways in my business and my life. First off, I've used it to make changes, particularly when it comes to changing habits, positive habit forming in my broader life. I've used it to support me, my mindset and my behavior when it comes to how I want to be in my business. And I've also used it as a central driving concept in brand strategy that I develop for my clients. Because for me, people's desired self-concept or their ideal self is a key driver in brand choice. So I define brand as the extent to which people believe you, the brand, can help them become their ideal self. This concept forms the basis for brand strategy. What is your audience's ideal self and how do you build a narrative to show them that you make that possible? That is brand strategy in its simplest form. But I don't want to talk about brand strategy today, surprisingly. In today's podcast, I want to talk about how self-concept can be an influential and also a controllable factor for you in your business and of course your life. Because like we said, business and life are connected. There's no denying that. Self-concept has come up for me many times over in my life and business, but I'll give you a few specific examples. I might have mentioned them before, so sorry. I know I repeat myself, but you know, not everyone's listened to everything or read everything that I've created. So bear with me. I've been a nail biter for my whole life, literally 40 odd years of chewing my nails. My mum used to put this nasty tasting nail polish on my nails to try and stop me from chewing. I used to have a partner who would say nasty things about how bad my hands look and ask if I was embarrassed to be presenting creative work and pointing things out back in the day when we presented stuff on phone boards. But no amount of nasty tastes or words could discourage me from my commitment to nail biting. I'd sometimes stop for a few weeks, enough to be able to get a manicure maybe, but it would never last. Old habits would emerge again pretty quickly. Until two years ago. I read Atomic Habits, the book by James Clear, and there was a story early on in the book about someone who gave up biting their nails. And that quite literally was the day that I stopped. And I've never gone back to it, two years on. But then I went to an event a few weeks ago and mentioned the book Atomic Habits and how it had influenced my nail biting. Like two years on, I just told the story. Yeah, I'm a scintillating party guest talking about my bad habits. And someone asked me specifically how I'd done it. And I had to think about it because I hadn't reflected on what I'd actually done differently that time around to stop. What I realised was the key difference, the secret that time around, was that I'd flipped myself concept. I told myself that I was not a nail biter. So I changed my self-image, how I saw myself. And it sounds cheesy, but I no longer identified as a nail biter. 
I didn't see myself as being someone who was trying to stop knowing deep down that I would go and do it again when I got bored or stressed. I just decided that that wasn't who I was anymore. And it sounds so simple, but that was how. And then another example, I also gave up alcohol that same year. I was obviously on a bit of a roll in 2021. And again, I'd done dry July. I'd stopped drinking for a few weeks here and there if I was on a health kick. But even when I wasn't drinking, when I was doing dry July or whatever it was, I was always someone who drank alcohol still. But I just wasn't at that point in time. But then two years ago, I just decided I wasn't someone who drank anymore. I realized that part of my self-image was tied up in drinking, that being a fun person, being a social person was wrapped up in that. And I worried I wouldn't be those things anymore if I didn't drink. That change of how I saw myself, my self-image, if you like, that was key. So reflecting on that, what did I do? Well, one, I changed my self-image and I saw myself as someone who just doesn't drink anymore. I just don't. Not, I'm not drinking at the moment. Not, I sometimes don't drink. I just don't. And then secondly, I focused on my ideal self. And I asked myself, what would someone who doesn't drink do in this situation? Well, they'd just bring an alcohol-free wine to a barbecue. There are some decent ones, trust me. Or if they were out, they might order a mocktail, not a cocktail. So I would think about that ideal self, that person who doesn't drink. What would they do? And then I would do those things. I would act in that way. And then thirdly, I supported my self-esteem, my self-belief by looking for evidence to support the fact that my old image wasn't correct. It didn't stand up to scrutiny. So I went away with the girls for a weekend and I didn't drink, but I had just as good a time. Evidence. I went on a retreat and my fellow retreaters were having wine and cocktails and I didn't. And I got just as much out of it. I wasn't the boring, sober person in the corner as my old self-image I was hanging on to would have me believe. So I looked for and found evidence to the contrary of that old self-image. And that raised my self-esteem and raised my belief in this new self-image, this that I could be that ideal self. So that's the key for me in transforming your self-concept in changing something about yourself that just doesn't serve you, that you want to do differently. It starts with self-image. You make a decision about the kind of person you are and you're not. And then you focus on ideal self. You constantly ask yourself what a person who is the ideal version of you would do and act on that. And also you support your self-esteem. You look for and acknowledge the evidence to support and validate that new self-image to build your belief in yourself and give you permission, essentially, to embrace this new self-concept. So that's using all three aspects of self-concept to change it. Self-image, ideal self and self-esteem. Ultimately, self-concept will have us behave in a certain way. I'm a nail-biter. It's really hard for me to give up. Therefore, I would never succeed. I will be a nail-biter for 40 years until I change that self-image. Or I'm someone who drinks to relax and have a good time. I'll be sad and boring if I don't. (laughs) Therefore, I continue to drink. I don't change it because I don't want to change that self-image. But reframing that, that old cliche, but it's a handy one, 
that looks like I'm a person who looks after and has nice looking nails. I would never chew them. Or I'm a person who doesn't drink alcohol. I don't need to drink to be part of the group and have a great time. And that's the start of making the change. Not hanging on to old self-image paradigms, if you like, that keep us stuck in behaving in a certain way and seeing ourselves in a certain way. So let's take that into business. In the early part of my career, I saw myself as a junior. We all know what it's like to be the junior designer. It's a bit pooey. (laughs) It's okay. It's a learning curve. But who would choose to go back then? No one. But I was a pictures person, not a strategy person. I'm a person who creates design work and imagery, and I'm not someone who can offer strategic insight to my clients. I'll stay stum when the grown-ups are having a conversation. I'll just do the pretty pictures. But that started to change. That self-image started to change when a mentor of mine coached me as a consultant. So he encouraged me to ask myself, what would a consultant do? How would a consultant behave? What would a consultant say in this situation? So I started to focus on my ideal self as a consultant because that's really where I wanted to go, what I wanted to be. So working with him, I consciously chose to see myself as a brand consultant, a brand strategist, rather than as a design doer. And that was about my self-image and how I saw myself. And the more I did it, the more evidence I had to support it. I behaved differently. And then I saw a good response and I got good feedback and I saw people believing in me and what I had to share. So that built my self-esteem around that self-image and that ideal self. And now I don't question it. But it didn't happen overnight. But it did happen. And now in my day job as a coach and mentor, I hear people slipping self-concept statements into conversation all the time. And they do it without even realising they're doing it. Only yesterday, someone said to me, I'm a person who will cancel on friends to put my business first. But that's not reality. That's not how it has to be if you want to make a different choice. That's perceived reality. It's how that person sees themselves. So all their actions and behaviours lead back to that. And they confirm it because it seems like a non-negotiable, something that can't change. It's this deeply held self-concept. And I just wonder, do any of these sound familiar? I don't set good boundaries with my clients. I let clients walk all over me. I can't step away from my business without everything going wrong. I'm not good with numbers. I don't understand my finances. I'm not a strategic thinker. I would never offer or could never offer brand strategy. I'm a visual person. I'm not very good with words or explaining myself. Or I don't manage my time well and I never get things done. Or is there something else? What self-concept might you be holding on to that may also be holding you back or that may even be allowing you to excuse yourself for not doing what will make the biggest difference for you in your business. Self-concept is powerful. It can propel you forward or it can hold you back, like I said, and stop you from being and doing what you want. I would love you to think about how do you see yourself in your business right now? 
And also, how is that influenced by how you think others see you? How does that self-concept support or hinder you? And who do you want to be? What is your ideal self in your business? A consultant and strategic thinker, maybe. A creative leader. Someone disciplined and productive. Someone who's financially astute and across the details. Someone who keeps a balance and sets healthy boundaries. Or someone who has valuable insight to share that people want to hear about. So let's do a little exercise. This is an interactive podcast today. Get a piece of paper and a sharpened pencil and start with I am a person who. And write down all of the preconceptions and beliefs that you have about yourself that influence how you do things or the things that you don't do, as the case may be. And then reframe it. How could you change that? How could that self-image be different? I am a person who, and then the current situation, and then change that. I am a person who, and what would you want it to be? Then ask yourself, what would that person do? That ideal self. How would they behave? What would they be like in their business? And then act on that. Make changes in your behaviour and your decision making that reflect that ideal self. Order the mocktail, not the cocktail, (laughs) for example. And then look for the evidence. Build your self-esteem in an intentional way. That's the kicker. In other words, I want you to be completely self-absorbed. I want you to develop a huge ego. Now, I will say, it's tempting to see this as faff and fluff. And I'm not really a faff and fluff kind of person. Doing social posts and creative work and the stuff that feels more like progress can be far more attractive. But actually, this, your self-concept, is part of the work. Supporting your self-concept has a real tangible impact. Just ask my nails and my liver. (laughs) And finally today, if you enjoy what I have to say on the podcast, don't forget to go and check out how you can work with me in real life over at beckhughes.com forward slash mentoring with me. There are four ways and I'm just going to briefly chat about them today. So there's my online group mentoring program, which is open whenever you're ready to join. There's no doors open. And this is for designers at any level who want to put all the foundations in place to build a stand-up, stand-out, rock-solid business. It's basically graphic design business best practice. It's from you as a confident designpreneur, your personal brand, your services and pricing, studio management, client management, and your marketing for growth. It's an eight-week intensive which you can start at any time. Plus, over the course of a year, there'll be a minimum of two live rounds, which will run through week on week live, and I'll talk you through the content. And then on top of that, there's 12 months of accountability mentoring. So you stay with me for 12 months, keep having access to the content, and stay accountable, and keep working through the things that are important to you in your business. The second way is you can talk to me one-on-one in a 90-minute deep dive and you can pick my brains about a specific topic, anything in your design business, whether it's launching new scalable 
online products, client management best practice, pricing and financial goal setting. Maybe you want to look at profitability, look at time management and boundaries or building your visibility or repositioning yourself as a strategic designer or refining your niche or your message. We can focus on a specific thing that's important to you in a really high energy, deep dive, 90 minute session. We can work together for six whole months in one-on-one tailored coaching. And we set the agenda together in that based on what you want to achieve in your design business. And we'll come together fortnightly for mentoring sessions that build on the plan and the intentions that we've set. And then there's support, input, critiques and accountability in between. Or finally, this is one I'm really excited about. If you're a designer who wants to add a profitable brand strategy revenue stream to your business, the Brand Method Mastermind is for you. So I'll be teaching my own pretty watertight brand strategy method, but also how to embed that into your business, how to position yourself as a brand strategist, and how to translate brand strategy into design strategy, because connecting the two is so important. So it's not just the brand framework, it's the business sense to make that a core part of how you do business. So there's plenty to think about, four ways to work with me. Group mentoring, which is foundational for design businesses, 90 minute deep dive, which is really focused and targeted, six months of tailored one-on-one coaching, or the brand method, if you specifically want to develop your skill set as a brand strategist. So... As always, thanks for listening today. I hope you have an amazing day and a fabulous week. And I look forward to chatting to you again very, very soon. Thank you so much for joining me, Beck Hughes, on the C Word podcast. If you'd like to know more about me and how we can work together, head on over to my website at beckhughes.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at beckhughesbranding. And if you like what you heard, subscribe, leave a review and share with your friends and business buddies who might like to listen in too. The music for this podcast is by Penguin Music on Pixabay.